welcome to The V-Hive, a platform focused on women's intimate health. With weekly episodes from the field's top practitioners, we discuss all of the things you've always thought about but never wanted to talk about. On this podcast, we are making the highest quality information on the most beloved part of your body accessible, understandable, and implementable. I'm your host, Hannah Matluck, and I started this platform as a result of my own experience with chronic pelvic pain. Throughout the years I spent healing my body, I became overwhelmingly interested and passionate about these topics and have made it my mission to create awareness and education on the complexities of the female body. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to take a quick minute to share with all of you listeners a way that you now can support the VHive, this podcast platform. Um, We really need your support in order to continue to produce this information and this content. So what we have done is we've created a platform um, on a page called Patreon, and it's a tiered membership platform. So what you can do is you can go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash the VHive, and you can support us there, and you also will receive bonus content every month depending on what level you want to support us at so if you are a listener if you believe in this content if you like what we're doing and you want to help us grow this amazing platform please 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 support us at patreon.com backslash the beehive we would so greatly appreciate it Last but not least, I want to thank Good Clean Love for supporting this week's episode. I am completely obsessed with all of their products. I use them religiously. They are all made to balance the vaginal pH, which is so important. So if you want to check out these products for yourself, you can use my discount code HANA10 um, when you place an order on their website, which is www.goodcleanlove.com and use the code HANNAH10, that's H-A-N-N-A-H-10 at checkout to receive 10% off your first order. And let's get into this week's episode. Today I am here with Dr. Bhavti Soni, a pelvic floor physical therapist and founder of Warren Physical Therapy and Wellness based in Warren, New Jersey. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So I'm excited that you're here because we're going to discuss a topic that's never before been discussed on the podcast in great detail, which is the connection between TMJ, headaches and pelvic pain. And you'll get into this in more detail as we get started. But there's a huge connection between TMJ and pelvic pain that often goes undiagnosed. And this is something that you specialize in. So it's great that you're here and you're going to help educate everyone listening on how these two major parts of your body are very intimately linked. Yes, and that it's a very interesting connection. Um, and so many practitioners miss out and so that leads to patients going in a circle from one practitioner to another and then it takes a long time to just get to the root of it. Mm-hmm. How did you first get into this field? So I think when I was in high school, I was inspired by my cousin to be a physical therapist, just growing up seeing her. And then while I was a physical therapist, I had 
um, I underwent um, f- pelvic physical therapy. And so I think that greatly influenced and changed my path as a physical therapist and get into the field of pelvic health. So after seeing so many patients with pelvic pain and then just seeing the symptoms over and over again, like everyone like complaining of jaw pain and headaches and then a lot of patients had like clenching as a common symptom. Um, I found it very interesting and that's when I thought that, you know, this is something that I, I want to dig deeper into. For those listening that are not familiar with what TMJ is, can you explain what it is? Yes, so TMJ is a joint, a jaw, your jaw joint, and when you have um, a health problem related to the jaw joint, it's called TMJ dysfunction, which is TMD, and it can um, manifest as pain, or you can have grinding of your teeth, clenching, or you hear clicking or popping sounds when you open and close your mouth. Um, If your teeth are not closing together when you bite, that is also one thing. Um, You can have headaches from that or neck pain or shoulder pain. So all these uh, comprise of TMJ disease or dysfunction, I would say. And is it usually TMJ that causes the headaches or is it the headaches that cause the TMJ? Um, More often than not, I have seen TMJ that can cause headaches or neck pain that Mm -hmm. can cause headaches than the other way around. It definitely can um, through some trigger points that can lead pain to your teeth even or TMJ. Uh, But usually it's the other way around. And then what is the cause usually the root cause of tmj a lot of times if if you have patients complaining of clenching or grinding a lot of times it can be stress Mm -hmm. or anxiety Um, but again it can just be trauma or um, car accidents that might have led to that posture is a big thing especially now when we have so many people on a desk for work Um, So these are the big things. So what we're talking about today is really the connection between TMJ and pelvic pain. And it sounds like many of the root causes of TMJ are similar to the root causes of pelvic pain, whether it's stress or trauma or for pelvic pain, it can often be infections, Mm -hmm. which is part of trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, But can you explain the physiological relationship between TMJ, headaches, and pelvic floor dysfunction? Yes, so when we talk about the physiological relation, the major one is the alteration in the the pain pathways. And so whenever you have any sort of chronic pain, um, the way you perceive pain or um, sensations can be altered. There is uh, centralization um, of your nervous system. And so that can lead to um, other other pain in your body. So if you say, for example, you have uh, pelvic pain that you've been dealing for a long time and that's causing stress, um, that can upregulate your nervous system and you can have um, TMJ pain from that or you can have back pain from that, headaches from that. And that's so interesting. 
for me to hear, and, and I'm sure that for people listening, they haven't, you know, a lot of practitioners don't make this connection so quickly. So I think that it's all, that's also part of the problem is that people are, are, patients are living with these two conditions simultaneously and not even knowing that they're related. But a question that I want to ask you is what percentage of the patients that you treat with pelvic pain also have TMJ? Um, so I would say about 70 to 80 percent of my patients that that's I see, crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think so many p- people, patients with um, pelvic pain, I see have some kind of uh, TMJ pain or clenching. Clenching is a big one or um, grinding their teeth um, at night, especially. And yeah. when a patient comes to you for the first time, is TMJ, headaches, neck pain, is this something that you are discussing with them right off the bat? Or how does, like, what does that look like? Um, so when, if they're coming in for pelvic pain, I definitely talk more about the pelvic pain and the history, but I definitely do do touch base on the TMJ or the headache component mm-hmm. um, when, in the first session or the evaluation. And what is the patient's reaction? I'm curious, when you bring up this component of TMJ, are they... I, they're amazed. Right, uh, because yeah. they probably never even thought of that, yeah, but they have it. Th- yeah, and I, actually it's a relief for them to know that all these different symptoms that they're experiencing, whether it be headache, TMJ, pelvic pain, or uh, even IBS, you know, they are in some way related, and uh, they can be like one cause and... Um, it can be fixed and Mm -hmm. I think just to acknowledge that or to be acknowledged by someone who understands that is a big relief when you are in that shoes definitely that's probably one of the most comforting factors in being a patient is just hearing from a practitioner that your symptoms your pain is there's a reason it's understood there's a solution and and having it ma- having someone make sense of it all for you yes is so reassuring definitely uh-huh. yes and um i think it's it's that's why it's just so important that you know um that you you do find a practitioner that understands all of these conditions and um sees you as a whole mm-hmm. you know and not just treat like one body part why do you think that practitioners don't make this connection so frequently why does it take several practitioners to finally realize and to have the link explained to you the the link between tmj and and pelvic pain why aren't there more doctors that are discussing this with their patients or practitioners pelvic floor physical therapists etc i think when someone comes to you with chronic symptoms it's so easy to get lost in those symptoms and start treating that but if you if you don't ask then you'll not know Mm -hmm. what other things they are experiencing so for example if a patient came to me with pelvic pain and the symptoms but if i don't ask them about tmj i won't know Mm -hmm. so i think every practitioner has their own journey towards i think you know healing just heal yeah just uh yeah just and seeing treating, more patients right. and treating and just finding their path I, w- mm-hmm. I would say that's a really interesting point <laughs> and i also think that that's a really helpful point for 
the patient's listening to hear because it's your job as a patient to, or as a person, to acknowledge what doesn't feel right in your body. And if you go to a pelvic floor physical therapist, even though they specialize in the pelvic floor, if you have chronic migraines or back pain or foot pain, it's worth bringing up to the physical therapist or the doctor or whoever it is you're seeing and asking them, is there a relationship between my headaches and my pelvic pain or my foot pain and my pelvic pain? Yeah, And, it's, and it's, maybe they'll give you information that they wouldn't have necessarily brought up if you didn't explain to them that that was something that you were noticing within your own body. Yeah, yeah, and that's so interesting. You know, you mentioned foot because um, I, I just came across this study recently that showed that how your um, leg length difference can affect the TMJ and the occlusion of your uh, TMJ that's joint. That's really interesting. So I think at that, I mean, you we definitely have to be looking at the whole body and not just treating one joint. And I think that's the most important part of this whole conversation is. Yes. It is treating the whole body. Very it's not true. just the pelvic floor. Exactly. There's there's always like some other things going on, and we definitely have to find the driver. That's the important point. So in the research that I was doing this past week on TMJ, I was reading a lot about this term somatization, which is an important term that I want you to explain to everyone listening. What is somatization and, and what is the relationship that this word has for men and women with, with chronic pain? Yes, so um, recently uh, pain science has gained a lot of traction and um, it's important and interesting because so when you look at somatization, um, somatization is... Um, when you have physical symptoms in your body which can be pain or any neurological symptoms um, but the cause is more psychological so that does not mean that it's in your head this physical symptoms are very real but the, the cause is much more deeper and so that's what we call somatization and um, a lot of studies have been done for chronic pain especially pelvic pain and back pain um, in regards to somatization and so uh, when we talk about chronic pain or um, th there are a cluster of symptoms or cluster of um, disease or dysfunctions we talk about um, in regards to this and uh, how they all can be interrelated and the big ones are any kind of chronic pain like pelvic pain and headaches, TMJ. There is chronic fatigue syndrome, there is um, interstitial cystitis or bladder pain, um, there is um, IBS. So all these symptoms um, and I think uh, we are still trying to understand the, the root cause of it, but uh, researchers do acknowledge that the, these can manifest together um, in a lot of patients and um, practitioners should be aware of that and looking out for that. So is somatization, to recap, is it when you have the physical pain, but then it kind of your nervous system the way that your, your nervous system operates kind of rewires because it's so used to pain that even like if you're treating the muscle, the pelvic floor muscles, the nervous system still sense 
senses the pain or is it the other way around when you talk about centralization it just means that your nervous system is um hyper regulated mm-hmm. uh, or upregulated okay right so is somatization something that you explain to most of your patients or is it more just of a term that's used in research and and more in scientific literature amongst doctors and stuff uh, I do explain, um, I do touch base on somatization, but I, I explain how the nervous system is upregulated up, up and how, um, say for example, like if I touch you, there should not be pain. But if, if you have um, centralization that's happening then, um, especially in terms of like pelvic pain patients, uh, there is pain with touch, which should not be there. Right. And so that's very easy for patients to understand. And that's how I explain them. Interesting. That's really interesting. So another really fascinating point that I found in my research on this topic was that the connection between the jaw and the pelvis is developed in day 15 of the embryological development. So that before we're even born, the the fascial tissue and connection between the jaw and the pelvis is already being developed. Do you know why like how and why this is does this play a role into the genetic component and predispositions of of these conditions or what what is your take on on this really early stage of of development and connection between these two very vital body parts yeah so um there are some studies done about a genetic component and its effect on chronic pain, um, especially chronic back pain and pelvic pain, um, which and also headaches and TMJ. Uh, we don't know why. We are still doing the research, but um, there, there was an interesting study done about a specific chromosome on um, it, its effect on um, pelvic organ prolapse and how people can, with that chromosome, can have pelvic organ prolapse or alteration in that chromosome can cause pelvic organ prolapse. So uh, it's it's very interesting that all these researches are coming out uh, about the genetic um, influence on chronic pain. And so that can give us a lot more answers and insight into what's actually happening um, even um, in the embryological um, stage. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Yeah. And now let's get into how you treat TMJ and pelvic pain. Do you treat them individually or together? What is the protocol when a patient has both conditions? So I think the, the most important thing here is to find the driver and uh, a thorough history uh, history and examination uh, are the key components for me if i do find that the cause is something more deeper than just just the superficial manifestation of like say jaw pain and pelvic pain then it's very important to address that and i might address that as a physical therapist or i might need help from some other professionals Mm -hmm. Uh, but i I do if if a patient comes to me with pelvic pain as a major um, complaint, then I would address that first, and then see if that improves their jaw pain. If it doesn't, does it usually? Do you see that it usually does? 
a lot of times if uh, yes they do have like if they do have clenching or grinding that does improve with mm-hmm. just the awareness actually right and so you treat the pelvic floor muscles vaginally and then do you treat the jaw with manual work as well yes um, definitely. Is it so, like half the sessions for the pelvic floor, half for the jaw, or what does the actual session really look like? Uh, it, it really depends on what the priority is at that point. Um, so it, if uh, pelvic pain is the major complaint, we get that out of the way first mm-hmm. uh, before addressing anything else. So, right. Or if, if a patient comes to me for headache, we get that out of the way before addressing the pelvic component. Um, because if a patient came to me with say eight out of ten pelvic pain and if i start treating the jaw it's it's gonna cause frustration for the patient Mm -hmm. so how do you treat headaches so it depends on the cause of the headaches so if the headaches are coming from um, musculoskeletal component then we treat the the trigger points or if it's coming from uh, say jaw alignment then we take care of that first and um, so it's really it can be also coming from the neck or the posture so trying to find out where it's coming from and then working on that manually and also with the help of exercise and a lot of it can also be um, like mindfulness or relaxation Mm -hmm. therapy yeah which i want to talk about more in a little bit but Mm -hmm. a question i have about treating the jaw and tmj is when you work on the jaw i you know you manually with your hands you release the muscles Mm -hmm. in the jaw do you ever see that patients feel a release in their pelvic floor muscles yes I'm not feeling for it simultaneously, but uh, just asking the patients, like it, one does affect the other. Mm-hmm. And um, there have been like interesting connections uh, made by a lot of other practitioners and a lot of other methods, I would say. So uh, if you've heard of uh, Paula method, uh, it talks about the sphincters of the body and so how um, they all are connected and then releasing one uh, or working on one like affects the other right um if you if you have heard um julie weeb who is a pelvic floor physical therapist she talks about the vocal cords and the pelvic floor and um, how it's all connected so um, there there have been uh, different practitioners and like um, there are like different school of thoughts as well but like the con- the concept is the same that you should you know again um, find this connection and then make sure that you are treating the person again as a whole mm-hmm. um, even um, Tom Myers who's like a fascial guru <laughs> uh, he he talks about the fascial connections um, and how it all can be related. And like he talks about, the, he teaches about the about treating fascia and like fascial lines mm-hmm. and all. And what other practitioners do you usually work with to help resolve both of these issues? Um, I work with uh, pain specialists a lot. I work with functional medicine doctors, which I love. I 
work with nutritionists and psychologists I, and I think um, sometimes sex therapists as well mm-hmm. so these are the main um, practitioners that I, I like to involve and I mean I'm fortunate to have them by my side mm-hmm. yeah and what about osteopaths I was reading a lot about the work that osteopaths do and how they are very knowledgeable in jaw manipulation and releasing the muscles in the jaw in that area of work do you work with osteopaths i have not worked with osteopaths um they they probably uh were the ones that did did work on this connection like before i think everyone else caught up uh so that's probably why i I was reading so much about them yeah uh, but yeah, I haven't personally worked with them for this specific issue. Mm-hmm. But it would be interesting too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually there's an osteopath that my dad really likes in Westchester, and after I was doing this research and um, just reading about what osteopaths can do, I I was curious to go see him and. I don't have TMJ, but then the more I've been thinking about it, I was like, oh, I, I think I really, maybe I do have tension in my jaw. Like I can feel it. And sometimes I notice that I'm not necessarily clenching, but like tightening, tightening. my mouth kind yeah. of. And I was like, I want to see what the what he would do to like release my jaw. And if it would make, I don't really have bad pelvic pain anymore, but it's a little, like a little bit. Some days it comes and goes. So out of curiosity, I was like, let me see what he would do and yeah. even let me ask I want I'm going to see my pelvic floor physical therapist tomorrow and I want to ask her to work on my jaw for a little bit I'm sure she would and yeah see if I notice anything That'd now be I'm amazing. curious yeah yeah um I'll be curious to know your right. experience yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know <laughs> I also read an article by a woman named Dr. Christine Matheson and she discussed the relationship between TMJ and pelvic pain and talked a lot about the importance of just body awareness in general and that immediately when she tells her patient patients about immediately when she tells her patients about the connection between the jaw and their pelvis their entire body awareness is just shifted because they understand they're like wow these two problematic areas mm-hmm. of my body are actually connected and she discusses with them mindfulness and how to be aware of relaxing your muscles and she said that she sees in her patients their muscles immediately ease up and tightness that they're holding whether it's conscious or unconsciously at these two major points really does release just with the ability to be aware yeah and i think um even for me what i've noticed is just making the patients aware of these um these body habits like say clenching or um, tightening their buttocks when they are stressed Mm -hmm. that has a major impact on um, on those habits actually so so for example I I just ask them like do you clench your teeth or do you uh, clench your buttocks when you're stressed at work and they're like oh yes I do and uh, just just acknowledging or knowing that can help you know, help them to get out of that bad habit. It's so important. Even for me, I, before I had any problems with uh, pelvic pain, 
I was I would never I didn't even know what my pelvis was. I was never thinking about mm. my pelvic floor, but now even just when I'm going about my day, I can realize mm. when I'm not breathing, when I'm mm-hmm. clenching, and I just tell myself like, "Okay, relax all the muscles in your body." And it's not that hard to do. Yeah, it's such a simple thing, but I bet 95% of people don't even know that they're clenching any of these muscles. Is there a specific way that you instruct your patients to relax their muscles? Um, Because for some people it can be hard if you don't even, if you're not even aware, it can be hard to just be aware. Exactly. Um, And so that's why when I see anyone for pelvic health dysfunction on the first session, I just spend time in teaching them what what and where their pelvic floor muscles are and then just making them aware of those muscles through movement and exercise. And then once they do know where the muscles are, mm-hmm. I teach them relaxation and mindfulness. So um, I want all of my patients to do some kind of uh, mindfulness or breathing exercises um, every day to um, just address the stress or the Mm -hmm. anxiety or uh, get out of these habits of clenching. Yeah. And do they report back that it's helpful? Yes, definitely. And I think it's one of the major factors that I feel that uh, it's important in reducing pain of any sort. Because just think about it. If you see me just one hour per week and then you go back to that same habit for the next like maybe eight or ten hours when you are at work for the next seven days it's not gonna help right you it's know? you need to be implementing stuff at home in yes. order to keep up with the progress yes so I think uh, breathing and mindfulness um, relaxation therapy is a very important part I totally agree yeah and I think that more more people need to learn how they can implement this Definitely. and it's not something that you maybe you won't feel better instantly but yeah. if you practice and incorporate this into your life over a significant period of time then you might start to see real results yes yeah uh, which is I important agree. i think to remember too yes uh, you should not lose hope not exactly you know not be frustrated if it's not working in mm-hmm. a day just need to be patient and just keep at it something i wanted to read that i took from well so i was reading um an article from alignpt.com and it was mm-hmm. another article discussing the connection between the pelvis and the jaw and there was a paragraph that talked about our emotions and how our pelvis and our jaw are avenues of expression. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna read this paragraph and then we can talk a little bit about it after, but I just found it to be so incredibly interesting and need to share it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it says, both the jaw and the pelvis are known to be our avenues of expression on physical and verbal levels. Think about what happens to your jaw when you are holding back from expressing yourself. Suppressed anger, fear, and negative emotions can cause you to clench and grind your teeth or build stress in the jaw. Similarly, think about what happens to your body when you are in a stressful situation. Can you feel your abdomen and your pelvic floor muscles tense up or your buttocks clench? Years of sexual repression and unspoken feelings can be held in the body as tightness and pain. So essentially what it's saying is that our mouth and our pelvis are the two main areas for expression. 
And if we're not expressing ourselves or we have any sort of repressed emotions, it will manifest in our jaw and our pelvis. Yeah, so that's very interesting. And um, I've also noticed craniosacral therapists talk about this a lot, that how there can be a release of um, emotions like held for years with craniosacral therapy. And so uh, this is this is a very interesting connection. Even just with pelvic floor muscle release, um, a lot of times I've seen patients just start like crying with no reason but I mean they would just start crying and so definitely there is some emotional connection um, to jaw and pelvis yeah so I I found it to be fascinating when I was reading that and I just made a note that I had to bring that up because even even as I was understanding the connection between the jaw and the pelvis, when I read that, it made so much sense and became so much more substantial that like these are the two parts of your body where you express yourself. So mm-hmm. if one is affected, it makes sense that the other would be affected as well. Yes, yeah, certainly. <laughs> and I want to ask if you have any advice for people at home that they can implement into their everyday lives in order to help with either TMJ, headaches, jaw tension, um, in terms of, you know, breaking the habit, being more mindful, being more aware, whether this has to do with deep breathing or visualization meditation or an at-home massage in their mouth that they can Mm -hmm. do, what can you kind of give that as, as something that that people can easily implement at home. Yeah, so uh, the first thing that I would like to uh, tell is that just acknowledge that if you are clenching your jaw or if you're clenching your pelvic floor and this is a habit, um, then just be mindful of it when you are doing it or under what situations you are doing it. So if you are stressed at work, are you starting to clench your um, glutes or your grind your teeth? Uh, once you do know that you are doing that just being mindful of it will help you get out of it and um, I also like people practicing at least just five or two minutes of uh, breathing exercise you know that helps you get out of this habit as well so these are the main two things apart from that just engaging in any kind of physical activity or exercise helps to de-stress and uh, reduce your pain response a lot as well. Um, There can be a lot of specific exercises for everything, but just doing these things can help you get out of it. Amazing. Thank you. And where can everyone contact you if they want to make an appointment with you or even make a phone consultation, connect with you on Instagram? Where can they reach out? Yeah, so you can email me at Bhavti, which is my first name, B-H-A-V-T-I, at warrenpt.com. My Instagram handle is drsony underscore pt. Or else you can just go to my website, which is warrenpt.com. Amazing. And I will link this all in the show notes as well so that people listening can have easy access to your contact information And I wanted to just thank you again for being here and sharing this powerful information. 
I know that, I mean, even just the statistic you gave in the beginning of the episode that 70 to 80% of the patients that you treat have both pelvic pain and TMJ, it's clearly such a prevalent issue. And I'm so happy that you came here today to share more about the relationship between TMJ and pelvic pain. And hopefully everyone listening can benefit from this information. So thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for having me on this wonderful platform. And it's it's so incredible that you are giving so many women and men a voice who have these issues. So, so it, it's, it was wonderful to be here. This podcast is for education purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare professional services, including the giving of medical advice. During the episodes, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.